So, you know what I noticed throughout the week as these playoff games are going on? And the playoff games have been great. I've been enjoying the playoffs. But we live in such a recency-biased world. Like, the internet is so, you know, it, there's so much recency bias. I see it throughout the memes. And the memes are pretty funny. And, you know, the Laker fans were, were heated after they lost game one. That was funny. That was, that was funny. Um, but, of course, you guys already know what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about the NBA playoffs. The Lakers came coming off a big win. Uh, I know some people are happy. I'm going to tell you why. Don't get too happy so fast. I'm going to tell you what the Lakers need to do and how they need to play. Um, but I can't wait. Um, but that's what I realized. I realized we live in a recent, like, there's so much recency bias. So much recency bias. But let's kick this Friday off right. Uh, this is a Friday pod. Friday pod. So, you know, Friday pods, we go up another level. So we about to do it. We about to turn it up. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get Who it. you the goat, boy? Okay, we're going to do this. Let's go. Let's go. Friday podcast. Episode 148. Episode 148. Episode 148 of the IKP. <laughs> I don't want to rap. No, I ain't going to do it. I ain't gonna do it. Um, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'm gonna let this rock for a little bit though. I'm gonna let this rock. Hope, er- hope everybody out there is doing well. Shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to all the supporters. Shout out to all the people that spread that's been spreading this podcast. We've been doing good. Thank you for all the reviews. living in some tough times like i said but we have sports back a lot going on in the world a lot is going on in the world but we got sports back and i think that's a bright note so let's start with that welcome back to another episode of the isaiah k podcast the ikp episode 148 of the isaiah k podcast i'm your humbled and highly favored uh host isaiah kit we're gonna be starting you know nba playoffs you know who it is nba playoffs you know what we're talking about you know what we're about to get into so um last night uh, the Lakers won 88 to one, the Lakers won 88 to 111, um, and the Lakers played well. This is, I, I must say, this was last night's game with the Lakers. That was the best game the Lakers have played in the bubble. Defensively, they were great. Uh, offensively, that's been their issues. Uh, like they, they have struggled offensively, um, and mainly behind the three-point line. They, you know, they hit, they hit about 30, they hit about 36, 37% of their three-point shots last night, which is, um, it, it, that, that's pretty good. It's, it's way better than 15%. And I, it, like, I told people all throughout this week, I said, the Lakers are not going to win a championship shooting 15% behind the three-point line. You're, you're not going to win a championship. You're not going to win a playoff series shooting 15% from the three-point line. So I am glad that the Lakers, they upped that percentage because that is a big part. But what I did, what I, what, they still have problems, though. They still have problems. And, I, and what I've been talking about, about Anthony Davis, what I've been talking about with the Lakers, it, it, even, though the, even though that they won yesterday and they won pretty convincingly, uh, it, it proves my point. Like, I, got to, I told you guys, Anthony Davis, talented as hell. Anthony Davis, you can make a case that Anthony Davis is the most talented player in basketball. You can make the case. Not saying that he is, but you can make the case. But once again, he showed you how talented he was. He gave you everything last night. He gave you the blocks. He gave you the defense. He, gave, he showed you his, his ball handling. He showed you his jump shot. He showed you his athleticism. Anthony Davis showed you all these abilities and skills. And they, he just, I mean, he showed off his talent. And that was all good and gravy. And, he, and if he continues to do that, the Lakers, will have a, a, the Lakers will have a damn good shot to win the title. But that was a... 30-point blowout. The Lakers' biggest lead yesterday was 33 points. The game wasn't close. The Portland Trail Blazers came out flat. The Blazers were flat last night. And I talked about this earlier this week on the, on the previous podcast. I said I was predicting it for game one, but it happened in game two, where I said Portland has been playing 
playoff games for the last two weeks. Damian Leonard has been playing some big minutes. And he got hurt yesterday with the with the index finger. And that's kind of a freak injury. But he got hurt. And what I said, what, what did I say on previous podcast? I said, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if Portland, you know, came out flat. And that's they, they didn't, they, you know, they won game one. But in game two, they were flat. They didn't play with a lot of energy. Defensively, uh, not, wasn't there. So, but let's go back to the Lakers. I already know Anthony Davis is talented. What Anthony Davis did, what he did last night did not surprise me. What he did last night did not surprise me. Now, Catavius Caldwell Pope coming out, shooting four for five. And th- like, okay, that's a bit surprising because you went 0 for 9. But it was due, it was, it, it, it was about time, it was about damn time he had a good shooting game. It was about damn time he had a good shooting game. So, but with Anthony Davis, uh, this is not surprising. This, I know he's talented. I know he can score. I know he can play defense. I know, I know all of these things, but the game wasn't close last night, so I was not able to evaluate him in the fourth quarter because the game wasn't close. The game wasn't close, and I mean that's good, but every playoff game is not going to be like that. Like, like especially as you advance, like you know, you, you, second round against the Rockets, it won't be games like that. Uh, the Clippers and the conference, it won't be games like that. As you go deeper into the playoffs, it won't be games like that. And I'm pretty sure in game three, I don't think the Blazers are going to play that low. I don't think the Blazers are going to come out that flat in game three. But like I said, the Lakers, um, they did what they supposed to do last night. They came out with a lot of energy. I think this was the best game they played in the bubble. Since they have arrived in Orlando, this is the best game they have played. Um, now, the Lakers, these are their strips. These, I'm going to tell you the things the Lakers need to do in order to win a title. These are the things they need to do. The Lakers are not a great offensive team. The, the Lake, I mean, it, it, it's, 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 so, it's, so, it's so evident. They're not a great offensive team. The Lakers are not going to outscore anybody. They're just not. They're just not. They don't have the offensive firepower that some of these other teams have. They're not. They're not going to outscore anybody. The, the way how they're going to win a championship is due to their elite defense. The Lakers are elite defensively. Their limbs, their length helped them. Uh, the, you know, the size advantage really helps them on the wing and in the interior. That is what's going to win the Lakers. That's what's going to win the Lakers a championship. That's what's going to do it. Their defense, their elite defense, because last night they played elite defense on Portland. In, in, in game one, the defense wasn't bad in game one. It's just that they gave up some untimely shots and they couldn't make shots. But, they, you know, defense was pretty good that game one. So, you know, you look at other teams like the Clippers and the Celtics and the Rockets, the, the Lakers just don't have... That type of offensive firepower. The Lakers, I mean, the Clippers, they have multiple dudes that can create shots. They, I mean, the, the Celtics, multiple, multiple dudes that can create shots. The, the, the Lakers don't. The Lakers don't have that type of ability to create shots. They don't. It's LeBron or bus. It, it, offensively, it's LeBron or bus. It's very stagnant. LeBron has to create shots for AD and KCP. Um, and Danny Green and JaVale McGee. He has to create shots for all these other guys. But nobody else looks aggressive or look aggressive to get their shot. Nobody else. No, or, or create for others. So offensively, they're not going to win by outscoring teams. They're going to win to locking down teams and playing elite defense. That's how they're going to win. That's just, I mean, that's, that's how they're going to win. They're, you know, occasionally... They might have a night like last night where they're hitting their shots, when they're hitting their threes consistently. But the Lakers are dead last in three-point shooting. The Lakers are dead last in free throw percentage. The Lakers are dead last in points per game. They're tied with the Wizards with the lowest points per game. So that, that, that's, a, that's an issue. That's a problem. And the way how you combat that problem is with your elite defense. The Lakers, I mean, the Lakers don't have the three-point shooters 
that these other teams have in the bubble. They just don't. They don't. They don't have the three point shooters. They don't. So let's switch gears uh, to the Dallas Mavericks and the Los Angeles Clippers. Now a lot of you guys were hitting me like, "Hey, the Clippers lost. Oh, the Clippers lost." I mean, I saw it all on the internet. Saw it all on social media. Oh, the Clippers lost. The Clippers lost. Did you think the Clippers going to go sixteen and zero? I, I I certainly did. Not in the Western Conference. Not in the Western Conference, and not in this atmosphere. Nobody's going to go sixteen and zero. At least I don't think so. I don't think nobody's going sixteen and zero. The Clippers are still the better team. I think the Clippers were st- they're still winning this series. But let's just talk about the Dallas Mavericks real quickly. And if you're a listener, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know that I talk about the Dallas Mavericks, and I like the Dallas Mavericks. I like their play style. I love how the way they play. Um, I, Luka is a top five player. Kristaps, or oh, top ten player, not top five, top ten player. He, and some of you guys may make the argument that he is top five, but I, he's a top 10 player. Christoph Przingis is a top 25 player. They have a Hall of Fame coach, a Hall of Fame level coach in Rick Carlisle. They have a good front office. They have good, front, they have good ownership. Deep, their bench is deep. The Mavericks are literally one wing player away from being a legit title contender. They're already a playoff team in the deep Western Conference. They're already a playoff team in the deep Western Conference. They are one wing player away from being a from being like a legit championship contender or favorite. The Dallas Mavericks are no slouch. They're not they're not scrubs. The Mavericks are not scrubs. The Clippers are not playing scrubs. I always, you know, you know, with these first round struggles and with these, you know, these championship contenders, always thinking about, I always think about the Miami Heat with LeBron and Bosch and D-Wade. Those teams were, they, those teams were great, obviously. Those teams won multiple championships. But in, no, in, but in those championship runs, in those finals runs, no matter how great they were, no matter how good LeBron James was, he was the best player in the game. He was the best player in the league, and it wasn't even close. Those Indiana Pacer teams still gave the Heat trouble. The, the, I mean, those, those older Boston Celtic teams gave LeBron and the Heat trouble. Those, those young, electrifying Derrick Rose Chicago Bulls teams, they gave the Heat some trouble. They gave, some, they gave the Heat something to think about. In the playoffs, you don't, you, you're not just beating these type of teams. And then you got to think about it. It's the Western Conference. <laughs> the Western Conference has been the better conference for like the last 25 years. They've been the better and the deeper conference for like the last 20, 30 years. I, I, I mean, that, that's, just the, that's, just the, that's just the fact of the matter. It's been the deeper and the most competitive conference in the last 25 to 30 years. You're not, you know, teams rarely sweep. Look at, look at, the, look at the Durant and Steph Curry Warriors. That that first year, they 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 breeze through everybody. But that second and third year, those cha- those those championship runs were tough. Those championship runs were tough. Some of you guys actually think if James if if James Harden and the Rockets had a healthy Chris Paul, some of you guys think that the Rockets would have beat them that year, where the Rockets had them up three two. That year, the Rockets had them up three two. A lot of you guys say. If Chris Paul was healthy, they would have won that series. That, the Rockets would have won that series. It, it shows you how good the Western Conference is. It, the, the Clippers, and plus, get this. The Clippers are still trying to figure out their chemistry. And that's a problem that I have with the Clippers. That's the one thing that I'm worried about with the Clippers. They still have to figure out their chemistry issue. They, they, they got, they got a, they, it was a lot of iso ball the other night. A lot of iso ball, a lot of one-on-one ball. They had 15, they only had 15 assists as a team. Not enough. That's just not enough. And the Clippers gotta, they gotta, they gotta move the ball. They gotta spread the ball. And they have a lot of options. But the Clippers have played about 75 games this year. Game one of, of this series was the 13th time the Clippers had their whole roster healthy, ready to play. That was the 13th time, only the 13th time, the 13th time 
where the Clippers had their whole roster ready and healthy to play. And Patrick Beverly now is hurt again. <laughs> He's hurt again. So they got to you know, figure out this chemistry thing. Now, I think the Clippers will win in six or seven games. Uh, I'm predicting more six games. So I think, I think Doc and that coaching staff, along with that talented team that he has, I think they're going to play much harder defensively. Um, I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna try their best to limit Luca because there's no stopping Luca and like at this point I don't even know what you do with him, but I think the Clippers they're winning six games they're winning six games and it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough and long six games but I think they are I I, I mean we I kind of predicted that Matt I've been talking about Dallas all year long Dallas is a really good team and they're led by Two really good young stars. Luca's a superstar. Well, I mean, Luca's a superstar. It's just no, it's just no denying it. But the Clippers will be fine, and I think the Lakers will win. I think the Lakers will beat Portland, but that's going to be a tough and long series. That like Game Three is not going to look like Game Two, where the Lakers just blow out Portland. At least I don't think so. I think Portland's going to play with a little bit more energy um, tomorrow. I think Portland's gonna they, they, they're gonna be playing they're gonna be playing much harder tomorrow. The Lakers won't beat the the Trailblazers by thirty this time. If they do win, it won't be by thirty. Trust me, it will not be by thirty. But I think both LA teams will be fine. But I also talked about hey last week I talked about how these championship contenders, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks. I talked about how in this bubble. They have they haven't been playing great, <laughs> they, they you know. But now it's the postseason. It, it, it's the postseason. They got to pick up their play, and I think the Clippers and the Lakers will. I think they will. I still like the Clippers as my favorites. I, I still I, I still think they have the best all around roster. They have a great coaching staff led by Hall of Fame coach Doc Rivers. He's going to be a Hall of Fame coach one day. They have the two best two-way players in the league with Kawhi and Paul George. Kawhi is the best player as far as getting a stop and getting a bucket. He's not better than LeBron James. I'm not saying that. But he's the best two-way player. Get a stop and get a bucket. He's the best two-way player. Along with that bench and their defense, I think their perimeter defense, I think in all the options that they have and so forth, the Clippers are still my favorite. They're still my favorite. But I never said this playoff run was going to be easy. Never said that. And, the, and, not against, and especially not against the Dallas Mavericks. That, 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 that's not going to be... That's, 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 that, that, no, that's going to be a series. That is going to be a series. That's going to be a series. Um, so yeah, that, 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 and that's a good game and that's a good series. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching that tonight. So let's shift gears to Paul George. Cause Paul George had, a, he had, a, he had one, another stinker. He had one of his playoff moments where, you know, you know, he, he has, you know, 14 points, didn't play well, didn't shoot the ball well. You know, he had one of those moments. And I want to talk about second options because with the Bucks, Lakers and Clippers, you have Anthony Davis, Paul George and Chris Middleton. All three of those players are second options. Anthony Davis and Paul George, talented as hell. Chris Middleton, he's not as talented as those two guys, but he's a he's an all-star level player. But mainly Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis and uh Paul George. Mainly these two. I, I want to talk about mainly these two. Because once again, Paul George, let's talk about Paul George first. Paul George, once again. You know, had one of his playoff stinkers. And, and Paul George is a great player. Like, a couple years ago, the Lakers wanted him. Uh, the, the Thunder were excited that they, they that they, he re-signed with them. And the Clippers gave up a boatload of picks and, and some young players for Paul George. So, like, if you, if you had a team, you would want Paul George, obviously. Now, you wouldn't want him as your first option. I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't. I want his more of my second option. He's a great two. But 
once again, Paul George had one of his playoff moments. And I heard they're calling him Pandemic P. You know how Paul George had the nickname Playoff P? I don't know how he got it. I don't know how he got Playoff P because he has moments like this. But I heard that he has a new nickname, new nickname, and it's play. It's Pandemic P. Well, Pandemic P didn't shoot well. And like I said, I like Paul George. But this is why Paul George, this is why guys like Paul George, Anthony Davis are not number ones. This is why they can't be the number one option for a championship team. This is why. And more so Paul George, because Anthony Davis, his playoff career is very much young. But Paul George has been playing the playoffs for a while. And we, 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 we've gotten the same, we gotten the same result. Where he's like, he, 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 a couple games, he has a great game here. And then the next game, he, he only drops 12 points. And you're like, where the hell is Paul George? Where, where, where did he go? That's, and that's how it was in game two. Like, Paul George, it was very, like, he's a, he's a, he's a big guy. But I, I couldn't see him on my TV screen. I couldn't see him on my TV screen. And my TV screen is pretty big. It's, 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 it's pretty big. And I couldn't see him. I, it was nowhere to be found. But it didn't surprise me. It didn't surprise me with Paul George. It didn't surprise. It, it, shouldn't, it, it shouldn't have surprised you guys. This is who he is. But this also, this also leads me to my, ne- my next point. Second options are so critical in t- in, in, right now. They're so critical in winning championships. Your second option has to be on it. Your second, ho- your second option has to be on it. Anthony Davis, game one, had 21 points in the first half. In the second half, he only had seven points. And in the fourth quarter, in crunch time, he went one for three in two points and missed two critical field free throws. That's Anthony Davis for you when you need him. That's Anthony Davis Davis when you need him in crunch time. He's He's a whopping two points, one for three, and two missed free throws that would have helped. That's who Anthony Davis is. If you look at... This, you can you can look at the greatest. Some of you guys, most of you guys, would call Jordan and Scottie Pippen the greatest duo ever. Well, Michael was great, obviously. Michael was the better player, obviously. But the moment that Michael left, Scottie could not handle the mantle of being the number one guy. It showed you in the Last Dance documentary. He, you could, Scottie could not handle being the number one guy. By 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 year two, by year two, Scotty Scotty had DUI charges, gun charge, could you know couldn't couldn't handle being the leader. Got mad at Tony Kuka. Like uh, no 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 no, Scotty Scotty couldn't handle it. And Scotty's a great player. Scotty's a Scotty's a Hall of Fame level player. Scotty's a top tw- he's a top twenty five player, great greatest player of all time probably. But 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 but, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. This is why you need a Jordan. This is why this is why LeBron gets so much credit. This is why Kawhi gets so much credit. Because often your twos are twos for a reason. You're the second option for a reason. Like commentators crack me up. The commentators crack me up because when game one, Paul George is having a great night. Paul George had like 29 points in game one. I think he had like 27, 29 points. And Paul George had some big shots in game one. And the commentator was like, oh, uh, Paul George don't get enough credit. Well, no. He doesn't get enough credit because he has games like game two where he just disappears. That's why he don't get enough. That's why he don't get the credit that Kawhi gets. Because he disappears. He has games like... He has games and game. He has games like game two, which shows you. Well, yeah, that that's why Paul George is the second option. He, you know, he's not he's not as good as Kawhi because you know. And this is why we praise LeBron and Jordan. This is why we praise uh, Kawhi. This is why we praise the first options. This is why we praise the superstars, because we got guys like Anthony Davis, talented as hell. He probably the most talented player in the league, but lacks that dog. And in the fourth quarters, underperforms. And with, and with Paul George, underperforms. And Chris Middleton, good God. One for eight. 
Chris Middleton, come on. One for eight. One for eight, two points yesterday. Come on, Chris Middleton. Oh, God, he, he's a boy, oh, boy. He, he want, you don't, you want to talk about, oh, boy, you want to talk about, oh, my God, underperforming. One for eight, and you're a max player. Good, good, good. Oh, my God, for Jesus, H. Oh, my God, Julius, holy Christ. Um, but that's just, that's just Chris Middleton. But this is why Paul George and Anthony Davis, this is why they're twos. This is why they're the second option. Let's shift gears and let's, you know, let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers, um, who I, I just don't love at this point. I, and, and I'm kind of tired of the story with Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons and Brent. Brent. Like, I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. Um, but they're down 0-2 to the Boston Celtics. Uh, the Boston Celtics, who I think is going to get out the Eastern Conference. I think the Boston Celtics are going to get out the Eastern Conference. But hey, but let's talk about the 76ers. And uh, like I told you guys this a couple weeks ago, or a week, I think a couple weeks ago, where I was like, hey, I'm tired of the 76ers story. Like the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Brett Brown, like it's just not going to work. And if I was to guess, if I was to guesstimate what is going to happen or what the future looks like in Philadelphia, I think they may very well trade one of these young stars. Now, let's, let's go into that scenario. And let's go into what that would look like. Well, I love Embiid. And Embiid is talented as hell. He's one, of the mo- he's one of the most talented centers in league history, obviously. But he has an injury problem. He's rarely in shape. And, but at this juncture, at this point, you, I think you can get more for Joel Embiid than you can for Ben Simmons. You can get more for Joel Embiid than you can Ben Simmons. Plus, I think it may be a ver- I think it may be easier to build around Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a 6'10 point guard, point forward, whatever you want to call him. But he has point guard skills. He looks to get others involved. And I think the best way to utilize Ben Simmons is to spread the floor out and do what Milwaukee is doing with Giannis. That I think that I think that is how you can. That's the best way to reach Ben Simmons' potential. That's the best way to get the to get the most out of Ben Simmons' potential because he's a good finisher. He's athletic at the rim. He's a great facilitator. He has point guard like skills. You you spread the floor and surround him with comparable shooters on offense. I I I think that is much easier to build. T- towards than happening to build around Joel Embiid, who is a center. And in today's game, it's very hard to build around a center. Typically, you don't want to build around a center, typically. Or you don't want your center being the be- your best player. Now, there's exceptions like Denver's. Denver's a pretty good playoff team. Jokic is their best player. But are is is are the Nuggets gonna win a title with Jokic being their best player? I don't know, and I probably don't. I, I probably bet that they won't win a title if he's their best player. But nevertheless, Joel Embiid is he has he has more value than Ben Simmons on the market. Joel Embiid has more value than he has more value on the open market than Ben Simmons. You trade Joel Embiid. Because stylistically, schematically, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, it doesn't work. Ben Simmons can't shoot a jump shot, and his jump shot hasn't gotten better. I don't, I don't know. He doesn't attempt to shoot it. He, I mean, he doesn't even look at the rim. When he's outside of the three-point line, he doesn't even look at the rim. So he's not a great shooter. He's more of a, he's, he's, he's an inside guy. And Joel Embiid, with him being a center and him being on the block, he's taking up the lane. He's taking up space. The lane is not open. The, the lane is not open. So the 76ers, you know, their, their offense is jumbled up together. They're not well spread out. So I, I, I'm quite frankly tired of the Sixers. I'm, I'm tired of the 76ers story. Uh, I think that's what they should do. 
I think that's what they should do. But I think, but this is what I think the Celtics, I mean, this is what I think the 76ers are thinking. I think they're going to use this bubble as an excuse. They're going to use Ben Simmons' injury as an excuse. And they're going to bring those two back. The fall, They're going to bring them back next year. And we're going to have the same story. I think that's what, I mean, because, I, you know, I think some of these teams have built in excuses. And I think the 76ers are one of those teams where they're going to make excuses. You know, Ben Simmons was hurt and... It's this bubble. The bubble is just not for us. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna make it, they're gonna make up excuses as to why they're not trying to move one of these stars. They're gonna. They, they, I, I bet you that's their built-in excuse. And then not to mention, the Seventy Sixers have two of the worst contracts in basketball with Tobias Harris and Al Horford. They're paying those guys way too much money. They gave Tobias Harris the max and let Jimmy Butler walk away. Jimmy Butler is now about to lead Miami into the second round. <laughs> Overpaid for Al Horford. Celtics, Celtics didn't want to pay Al Horford all that money. He's getting older. Celtics let him walk. The 76 is overpaid Al Horford. He's older and he's just not as productive as he was two, three years ago. So they have two of the best. They have two. They have two of the worst contracts in basketball, along with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, two star players who don't play well together. They don't like. They they just don't. They're play, they, they don't they don't play well. They don't fit. They can't fit. Ben unless I mean Ben Simmons can't shoot. You you want Embiid on the block and dominating inside. Well, Ben Simmons and Embiid can't be both inside. Something has to give. Something has to give. I want to touch bases on the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, because I reported that, the, that Giannis was frustrated on how the Bucks were playing. And this was before the playoffs. Now, the Bucks, they're t- the series is tied 1-1. And they're gonna win. They're gonna win. They're gonna win. They're gonna beat Orlando in five games. Orlando's not gonna win another game. Okay, Orlando's not gonna win another game. They had the game one was you know that was a, that was that was a blessing in the sky. Orlando, you know they took it. That was that was very Disney World ish in game one. Orlando took full advantage of it. Um, they played well in game one. They didn't particularly shoot the ball in game two. Uh, they didn't particularly shoot the ball well in game two. But Milwaukee's going to win. They're going to beat. The, they're going to win this series, and, they, and, and the Magic are not going to win another game. But Milwaukee offensively doesn't look the same. Offensively, they have two options: a kickout three and a Giannis layup. That's not going to win you a title. I don't even think that's going to get you out the Eastern Conference. Then their defense, their defense, and, and, I, and I talked about this with Milwaukee. I talked about this during the regular season with Milwaukee. Yes, in the regular season, Milwaukee was a great defensive team. But I also told you guys, or I, I explained to you guys, that the way how Milwaukee plays defense, they allow you to shoot the three ball. That's how they play defense. They have a lot. They 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 have a lot of length, especially inside. But they have a lot of length across their roster. But they allow you to shoot the three. They they will allow you to shoot the three. You just got to make the shots. That's what happened, and that's how Orlando won Game One. Orlando made some shots, made some outshot shots. Vucevic had thirty five. He's he's an underrated player in this league. He's a, he's a walking twenty and eleven. But he plays for Orlando, so nobody really talks about him. But that's the problem with Milwaukee. And I also said, I said, I said this um what? The previous episode. Milwaukee doesn't have a great individual defender. They're good, they're a good defensive team as a unit. As a collective unit, they're a good defensive team. But they don't have a standout individual defender except Giannis. Except Giannis. He's the only individual standout defender with Toronto. Toronto has multiple guys with length and that can defend. Milwaukee really don't have that. Milwaukee is a good defensive team 
as a unit, as a whole, as a collective, they're a great defensive team. They're great. But individually, they're not. And plus, their defense is it's lacking. It's lacking. And this is, you know, Milwaukee got to be careful because they're going up against a team in the Miami Heat who shoots a lot of threes. And they can make a lot of threes. The Miami Heat can make a lot of threes. You saw yesterday. They made eight three. They, they, the, the Heat made 18 three-pointers yesterday. They can hit threes. And they can get hot in a, in a hairy. Duncan Robinson, seven, he can get hot. The kid can shoot. This is what I'm talking about with Milwaukee. And now, once again, like I said, I, pre- I mentioned it on the previous segment, <laughs> but Chris Middleton, boy, oh boy, this is who he is in the postseason. Chris Middleton, this is who he is in the postseason. One for eight yesterday, two points. I mean, that was very discouraging. That was very disturbing, actually. One for eight, two points. That, that, that was disturbing from Chris Middleton. That, that, that's not a great sign. That, that, that's not a great sign. Milwaukee won't get past Miami if he plays like that. They, they won't because Miami, the, the Miami's well coached. Miami, they, they play their butts off on deep. Like, Milwaukee won't beat Miami if Chris Middleton plays like that. He won't. They won't. They won't even make it out the second round. Let's just get that straight. They won't even make it out the second round if he plays like that. So this is why. I, I, this is why I came up with this point a couple months ago. I said, I don't think it's crazy that Giannis to say that Giannis may leave Milwaukee. I don't think it's crazy. I don't, I don't think it's crazy to say that Milwaukee, that Giannis won't leave Milwaukee. A lot of you guys were, weren't falling for it, but I was like, if Chris Middleton has another episode in the postseason and the Bucks don't get to the finals... If the Bucs can't get to the finals with no LeBron in the conference, no Kawhi in the conference, no Kevin Durant yet, Kevin Durant's hurt. If they can't get to the finals this year, why would Giannis stay? Why would he? Why would he? And, I, and, and you know, people thought I was crazy when I first mentioned Giannis to the Warriors. But Giannis, it, get this. And this is how, like, get this. Listen to this. Watch this. Giannis is going to win his second MVP in a row. He's going to win back-to-back MVP awards. Now, I don't think Giannis is the MVP. I think LeBron is the MVP. But Giannis is going to win it. NBA writers love him. Giannis is going to win the MVP. He's going to win it. But is he really the face of the league? Is he the next face of the league? Because when, when we're having these type of conversations with young, about face of the league and these young players, Giannis is still relatively young. Giannis is still relatively in his prime. But the NBA has him coming on at 1 o'clock. Like, the, like the NBA would, wouldn't dare put LeBron at 1 o'clock. They wouldn't dare put LeBron at 1 o'clock. They wouldn't, the, 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 the Clippers wouldn't come on at 1 o'clock. But the Milwaukee Bucks are. The Milwaukee Bucks are not a national brand. It's a good story. It's, they're, they're a great small market story. They win 60 games. They've been winning 60 games for the last few years. Giannis, is the, he's a dominant player. He's the back-to-back MVP. But when you think of face of the league... First, I don't know if Giannis, I don't like when you think when you talk about face of the league, it's not just about your game. It's about what you what you're bringing to the league. Is Giannis like, do we know Giannis personality? Do we know him? Do we know Giannis personality? Uh, Does he have a huge social media presence? And yes, that matters. In, 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 in any type of entertainment industry, that somewhat matters. And in the NBA, that matters. This is why guys like Kawhi Leonard can't be the face of the league. Kawhi doesn't say much. He doesn't say much. He doesn't even have an Instagram. Giannis, does he have a huge social media, social media presence? 
I'm sure he has a lot of followers because Giannis. He got the blue check beside his name. He's Giannis. I'm sure he has a lot of followers. But does he have a huge social media presence? Do we know who he is truly off the court? Uh, nah, we don't. Giannis, and secondly, Giannis, not from, he's not from here. So is he Americanized enough? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Giannis doesn't have the big shoe deal. He's in Milwaukee. James Harden has a $200 million shoe deal. Giannis, his Nike deal isn't that large. I don't, I, and, and sneaker reps matter. Sneakers, these the sneaker companies matter. Please believe it. It matters. Sneaker deals matter, especially in basketball. It matters. You don't think Nike would be happy if Giannis joined forces with an Under Armour athlete in Steph Curry in Golden State? Nike would be thrilled. Nike was thrilled a couple years ago when Kevin Durant did it. I'm not saying Nike is forcing Giannis to go anywhere. But you don't think Nike has a little tiny bit of input on like where Giannis may go or where Giannis may land? You don't think so? I think so. I know so. Nike would love for one of their athletes, one of their best athletes, one of their young athletes, one of their athletes that's in their prime, they would love for him to go to Golden State and play with an Under Armour athlete in Steph Curry. And you know why? Because Giannis would be the man. Giannis would be the first option because Steph would defer to Giannis. Steph would defer to Giannis. Steph would defer to Giannis just like Steph deferred to Kevin Durant. Just saying. But when I mentioned, when I mentioned Giannis to Golden State a couple months ago, people say I'm crazy. Middleton, if he, I said if Middleton has another playoff episode where he just underperforms and Milwaukee does not get to the finals this year, you don't think Giannis is thinking about leaving? You don't think Giannis would be... You don't think Nike would ever say so? Nike would ever say so. Trust me. Nike would ever say so. Nike would love for one of their premier athletes to be in San Francisco, a big market, rather than Milwaukee. Trust me. They would. And he'll be playing alongside with Steph Curry. An Under Armour athlete. Nike and Under Armour, they're competitors. You don't think that would be a one you don't think you don't think Nike would have one up on Under Armour, even though they already have, even though like Nike's a bigger brand, they're trying to increase it. It does matter. Trust me. Okay, so um and some final touches for Giannis. And and if he if he decides to leave. If he decides to leave. When Durant joined Golden State. In 2016, you got to remember, Steph Curry's stardom was really building really quickly. It was building really quickly because you got to remember, he was coming off the 73 and 9 year. He was coming off the, the unanimous MVP. I mean, Steph Curry and Under Armour's brand was rising to the top. It was, it was rising. Durant joins Golden State. In 2016, that offseason, he joins Golden State. That was a win-win for both Durant and Nike. That was a win-win for both Durant and Nike. Durant got he, he you know he played with a better team. He played with better teammates. He won his titles. But Nike also had one of their best basketball athletes, one of their premier basketball basketball athletes team up with Under Armour's premier athlete. He teamed up with Curry and with him with Durant teaming up with Steph. Steph ultimately deferred to Durant and his stardom 
it, it dropped a little bit. His brand dropped a little bit. And Steph, and, and, and Steph is so, he's so uh, selfless. Like, he doesn't work. He doesn't care about the commercials and the, like, he doesn't care about that. But Under Armour, it took a hit when Durant joined Golden State. Because and, and, with Durant and Nike joining Golden State, it it, it, it it took a hit on Under Armour's brand and Steph's brand. It did. It really did. And if you and if the if Giannis decides to leave Milwaukee, if he says, "Hey, I'm gone. I'm leaving Milwaukee," Nike would have he Nike would have an opinion on where he went. Nike would have an opinion on where he went. Simple as that. Now, let's shift gears. Now, I know all of you guys out there listening had somebody that you guys didn't particularly like or care for in high school, or you, you have somebody that you don't like that, or that you didn't like in college. Could you imagine being their neighbor? Well, imagine being their neighbor, and you see them, they get a new car, Kids are doing well. They're going on a vacation. You know, they're having fun. They're doing better than you. They're doing better than you. Okay? Well, that's, that's, that's the situation that Ohio State is in right now. Everybody in the state of Ohio is playing football. Everybody, everybody in the state of Ohio is playing football. The Cleveland Browns, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, high schools in Ohio are playing football. Ohio State is by far the most historic football brand in the state of Ohio, and it's not. And I, I and I don't even think it's close. They're by far the most historic, and the by far the most successful. What if Ohio State decide to leave the Big Ten? Because is like I think of Ohio State as far as their football program. They are a national brand. They are they, Ohio State is a national brand, and I often have to I, I often have to tell Michigan fans who are just delusional. I often have to tell Michigan fans, you will never be Ohio State. You might beat them a couple times here and there. But you will never be Ohio State. You're not as good as Ohio State. I always tell Michigan fans that. Because Michigan, for some reason, I don't know. It's, I guess it's because of their academic standards. And they're such a good school academically. But Michigan as a football program, I don't care if you had Jim Harbaugh. And I love Jim Harbaugh. But you're not on the same level as Ohio State. And I think some of these big corporations, they just want to, they, they, I mean, everybody just want to own everybody. Everybody wants to own everybody. Everybody wants to own everybody. The Big Ten should let Ohio State leave the conference and go play and, and continue to play and continue with their season. The Big Ten should allow Ohio State to do that. Because now there's, you know, you, there, I saw some parents and some players they they they're they're protesting against the Big Ten now because Ohio State they're a national brand. Ohio State's a national brand. Ohio State in 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 their fans, players of Ohio State, fans of Ohio State should be frustrated. They should be frustrated. Ohio State fans have every right to be frustrated because Ohio State is a national college football brand. It's on the same level as, as, as Alabama, as USC, as Clemson, as LSU. Ohio State don't care about the Big Ten. They, I mean, when, when, Ohio, when Ohio State fans are talking about winning stuff, they don't talk about beating Purdue or Iowa or, or, or Wisconsin. And that's and that's no disrespect to Wisconsin or Iowa because both of those are two good football programs, but they're Big Ten football programs. Ohio State doesn't need the Big Ten. 
Actually, I would argue the Big Ten needs Ohio State more. Ohio State has leverage, but they have all these contracts in the fine print where if Ohio State leaves the conference, they got to be independent. And quite frankly, if, if, if Ohio State went independent, they'll be just fine. BYU is independent. BYU is fine. Navy is independent. Navy is doing fine. If Ohio State was to be independent, if they were to go independent, they would be just fine. They would, they would, they would, they would continue on their legacy and their brand. They'd be just fine. But as far as national brands and college football, Ohio State is amongst the top of that list. When you're talking about Alabama, you got to talk about Ohio State. You got to talk about USC. You got to talk about Notre Dame. And USC, they're, 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 not, they're not as good as we're used to seeing, but they're still a huge brand. And the Big Ten, they need Ohio State. As far as national, not like, as far as like national attention, the Big Ten needs Ohio State. If, the Big, if, if Ohio State left the Big Ten today, what national brand does the Big Ten have? Michigan? Penn State? Those are some great, those are some great programs. I love James Franklin. I love Jim Harbaugh. I like the history of Michigan. But they're not Ohio State. They're never going to be Ohio State. Sure, they can beat Ohio State a couple times here and there every five years when they have a really good team. When Michigan really has a good team, they can beat Ohio State. But any other year, Ohio State's beating Michigan. Simple as that. That's the way how it's been. That's, 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 that's certainly the way how it's been last few years. <laughs> Ohio State's just been so much better than Michigan. So much better. They've been so much better than Michigan. So, I, if, I'm the, if I was the Big Ten, I would let Ohio State leave the conference for a year and play and play. I would let Ohio State leave the conference and play. Because look at all the other national brands in college football. Alabama is still playing. LSU is still playing. Clemson is still playing. Oklahoma is still playing. Notre Dame is still playing. Those, those, are, nas- those, are, the, those are the top national brands in college football. And who's missing? Ohio State. If I'm the Big Ten, I'm telling Ohio State to go out there and, con- and, and, and play fall football and keep up, keep your brand up. Because that's also, that's also an advantage for recruits. Oklahoma, like schools like Oklahoma, Alabama, they can say, you know, Big Ten, Ohio State, they're not committed. They, they, they're not committed. They're not fully committed about you. They're not fully committed about football. Come to Oklahoma. Come to Alabama. Come to Clemson. The Big Ten, that's, the, that's what the Big Ten should do. They should, the Big Ten should let Ohio State leave the conference for a year and continue on playing football. Because if Ohio State really wanted to, if they wanted to leave the Big Ten, Ohio State would have more leverage. Ohio State would have more leverage. Ohio State would have more leverage, and it's nothing that the Big Ten could do about it. That's, that's, that's a point-blank period. That's facts. Ohio State could leave the Big Ten. Who, who, who does the Big Ten have to offer nationally? Michigan, who can't seem to get it right, who, who, who can't just get over the hump. Wisconsin, mm, nah. Iowa, mm, nah. Michigan State, mm, nah. Penn State, mm, no, hold it. The Big Ten need Ohio State. The Big Ten needs Ohio State more than Ohio State needs the Big Ten. Simple. So, uh, a lot of the NBA heavy, like the like the diehard NBA fans, NBA lottery was um, on. And those teams that did not make the playoffs, obviously, they were um, they were amongst the lottery. And I'm, I'm gonna come on here and talk about it briefly. But uh, Nick fans, 
like I like one of my one of my one of my friends a Knicks fan. He's a Knicks fan. He's a Knicks fan. And I, I I keep telling him like the Knicks are horrible. They have bad luck. They have bad ownership. I feel bad for damn the players. The play I feel bad for the players at times. They have bad ownership. You know, I, I, and I always ask him. I always tell him, I'm like, you know, there's a team in Brooklyn, right? <laughs> like, there, there, there's a team. There's a team in Brooklyn that 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 like has better front off. That has a better front office. They have better players. Their upside is way much. They're up. I mean, their upside is way brighter. Like, go like like go root for them. Go go root for the Nets. So the Knicks disappointing. Uh. Or Nick fans are disappointed. They didn't. They, they didn't get the. They didn't get within the top five. They got within the top ten, but they didn't get within the top five. They got the number eighth pick. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do with it. Don't care what they're gonna do with it. Um, and most likely, with the I don't know, but I, I, yeah, that's the Knicks. That's the Knicks mess. Uh, the Timberwolves did get number one. The Timberwolves got the number one pick, and the Golden State Warriors got the number two pick. Now. Uh, the Warriors could easily draft James Wiseman. They could easily draft James Wiseman, and he could be the missing piece uh, for that for that for that Warrior squad with a healthy Steph, a healthy Clay, and Draymond Green, along with um, along with Andrew Wiggins. James Wiseman seems like the right pick. He's a center. He practically does it all. Uh, I would like I would like to see him develop his jump shot and you know stretch his game out a little bit more, especially if he's going to play with Golden State. But you would think like that's the missing t- that's the missing piece. But it also wouldn't surprise me if the Warriors were to look to trade that pick and get another uh, established All Star. Wouldn't surprise me if they did that or made that move. But the obvious pick would you know would be James Wiseman. Um, now Minnesota, I think is very interesting because they have Carthy Towns who he's talented, but I'm not a huge fan of particularly. Um, and then D'Angelo Russell, all-star level guard, but defensively he's not great. Now the, the Timberwolves, I think they're going to draft Anthony Edwards. Now in this draft class, it's very interesting. It's a lot of wild cards because in this draft class, there is no, there's no number one all consent. There's no consensus number one pick. Like there, like there's no player where it's like you have to draft him number one. There's none of that. Like a lot of these, like there's a couple, there's a few guys that could go number one. But with Memphis landing at the number one, I mean with Memphis, damn, with the Minnesota Timberwolves landing the number one spot, the. The Timberwolves, they're gonna draft Anthony Edwards, and as they should. He is a all he's a two, he's a two-guard, uh athletic, good, great scoring ability. He has the he has the ability to be a good a good defender. What Timber what the Timberwolves need. I mean, you if you like the Timberwolves are not a great defensive team. Uh their best two players aren't great defenders. Carfee Towns, not the best defender, not the best rim protector. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he's, I mean, oh boy, he's porous on defense. So he would balance that, that lack of defense out. Um, and I, I like Anthony Edwards average 19 points a game at Georgia that led that, you know, that led all freshmen in, in division one basketball, pretty good player. I think that's the right player to take. If you're, if you're, if you're, um, if you're Minnesota, uh, you know, drafting LaMelo wouldn't make sense because LaMelo's a point guard. You already have a point guard and LaMelo needs to have the ball in his hands along with DeAndre Russell. So it, it just wouldn't make sense. You don't need to draft James Wiseman. You have Cat. So the obvious pick would pro- it's it's Anthony Edwards and he's going to get he's going to get drafted by the Timberwolves. He's he's going number 1. Um so we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not going to hold you guys any much longer. I just wanted to touch bases on uh, the NBA draft lottery that happened last night. Just touch bases, give you guys a quick checkup on that one. Uh, but we got some great games on today. Uh, Toronto, as I'm recording, Toronto already won. So if you're listening to this, Toronto already won. And as I'm speaking right now, as I'm recording the podcast right now, the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz are playing. Uh, that's a great series. That series can go seven games. 
that series is going to go seven games. And, and, and especially with Mike Conley being back, um, you know, Utah, you can't, you can't count them out. That's why I love how the way Utah play because you can, you can never count them out. With Quinn Snyder, uh, Donald Mitchell is really good. He's one, of the, he's one of the more underrated young stars in the league who we don't talk about a lot because, you know, he, he's, you know, he, he struggles to be efficient. He plays for Utah. So it's like, but he's really playing well. Uh, but, you know, hopefully Denver, you know, Denver lost last game. So this is a big game for Denver. Uh, usually the winner of game three usually wins the series. Winners, game three winners usually win the series. So that's why game three is big. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of big game threes tonight. Uh, the Clippers are in a game three with the, I mean, with the Mavericks. That series is tied 1-1. Um, and like I told you guys about the Clippers, I think they'd be fine. Um, like, like I said, they're playing the Dallas Mavericks. Tonight's a big game. Uh, Paul George, he shouldn't get in foul trouble. I, and, and like I said, I think in that Clippers and Mavericks game, these, these calls have been tight. They've been calling the game tight. I think they should let the players play. Like there was too, that, I, I, it felt like too much stoppage. It was just too many. It was too many stoppages in that that in that fourth quarter. They let let the guys play. It's playoff time. Let the players play. Let them be loose. Shouldn't call the game so tight. Um, and I know you, you want to keep the game in hand. You want to keep the game in control, but it shouldn't be that tight. Uh, but like I said, the Clippers should be fine. Um, they got to find a way to stay in front of Luca. Um, and, and you don't stop Luca. Like you're not going to stop Luca, but. You got to find some way to stay in front of him. Like, you have Kawhi, you have Paul. You, like, Doc Rivers, I'm sure he's going to find a way to stay in front of Luka tonight. Um, they have, the, the Clippers have been physical with Luka. They have been physical with him. So maybe they pick up the physicality, physicality tonight. But we'll see. We'll see. I can't wait for that game. That's the 9 o'clock game. I'm going to be watching that, of course. Uh, but I think... The, I think the Nuggets should win this game tonight, but I'm not sure. I love Utah. You guys know I love Utah. But the Denver, Denver, if they're going to win this series, they should win this game. If Denver wants to advance, they should win this game tonight. Um, the Celtics, they're going to, they're going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to beat Philly. That, that's just no, that's no question. <laughs> the Celtics, the Celtics are my favorite to come out the Eastern Conference. They're going to, they're going to wipe the, they're going to wipe the, the 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 Sixers off the floor again. Um, I'm sure the Sixers gonna try to play hard tonight, but I, I don't think they stand a chance. Uh, nah, I don't. I don't think they stand a chance. Um, but that's gonna do it. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. This is episode 148. Um, we talked about the Lakers. We talked about the Clippers. Talked about playoffs. Celtics. 76ers. Uh, Giannis, Ohio State. We talked about all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it. And, you know, for those Laker tips, I told you guys, if the Lakers are going to win a title, it's going to be because of their defense, their elite defense. They're going to have to be elite defensively. And they have been. They have been. In the bubble, the, the, the Lakers defense have been up to par, and they have one of the best defenses in, in the bubble. But they're not a they're not an offensive juggernaut. The Lakers are not an offensive juggernaut. They're not going to win a title by by trying to outscore people. And I think LeBron knows that. I, I think LeBron knows that that they're not an offensive juggernaut. And you know it, it's showing. It's showing. They played well last night. Uh, major props to them. LeBron didn't have to do much. Anthony Davis had a big night. And so forth, but I catch you guys later, later this week or later next week. Uh, I told you guys about the new podcasting schedule, new podcasting schedule, Wednesdays and Saturdays, Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can expect a podcast episode to come out or I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. Uh, but um, that is that is that is what we're going with. Catch you guys later. Deuces, peace, I'm out. Ariba Dirty, whatever you say. I, I don't know. I'm gone. Uh, catch you guys later. Thank you for tuning in. Peace. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>